Okay, good morning to all. Uh, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, so I'm going to introduce a text that maybe some of you heard about it and some of you don't. But so we'll talk about the encounter uh, between the Jesuits, uh, European missionaries with Ethiopian Christians at the outset of the 17th century. Uh, was an uh, unparalleled period of cultural and religious interchange. Uh, during this period, uh, European Jesuit missionaries uh, attempted to clean out the flawed elements uh, of, in, in order to proselytize uh, the Catholic faith among the Ethiopians, uh, Orthodox believers. Their main goal was to convert those local religious expressions uh, into a uniform faith uh, that subscribes to European Catholicism. With this aim in mind, uh, an extensive uh, set of European Catholic literature was translated into guests during this period. Uh, while some of these works were originally written in uh, the context of the Catholic Reformation, others were authored by Jesuits who lived and worked in Ethiopia in that time. Uh, these writings uh, had an ambitious but essential goal to convince the Ethiopian Orthodox believer to accept the Catholic uh, faith and recognize it as the righteous faith. However, and with the exception of the the, the book that I'm going to introduce you, Today, authored by Antonio Fernandez, all these Catholic works were deliberately burned and destroyed after 1632. Uh, this lucky exception we have will be a crucial source for the development of this presentation. We have been working together for more than three years with, uh, on the translation of this book with uh, the Keshi Berhane Meskel and Eritrean refugee and deacon of the Eritrean church in Jerusalem. And with Dr. Leonardo Cohen, my PhD advisor, who's not here, but he wanted to be here. And the person who introduced me to this work. To better understand the, this fluctuating but thriving period in Ethiopian history, the 17th century, uh, where the constant confrontations between those two Christian traditions raised an exchange of diverse religious ideas uh, and positions concerning the interpretation of the holy books and scripture. I will introduce and describe the nature of this treatise and its main characteristics in an effort to shed some light on Fernandez's attempt to debunk uh, contemporaneous Ethiopian Christian belief and sources. I will also analyze the textual debate between around uh, different religious uh, doctrines and philosophical beliefs, uh, such as the filioque or the creation of the souls. This, I hope, will help to get a richer picture or a clearer picture of the environment and the language in which the Hatata Sarayakov might have or might have not been written. So, the survival of the Maxafa Zetat provides us with a unique opportunity to look into a testimony of the language and nature of the theological dispute uh, that was taking part between the, the Latin Catholics and the Ethiopian Orthodox during the 17th century, as I mentioned before. This work is a Catholic treatise uh, written in, in Gez, 
that was written as a response to the Masgaba Aymanot, uh, a 16th century work describing the Christological position of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Um, the Maxafa Setat covers, debates, and explains some of the theological and sacramental practice that were at the center of the Catholic and Ethiopian debate during the 17th century. The encounter between Jesuit missionaries, European missionaries, we sometimes forget about them, and in the Ethiopian culture at the beginning of the 17th century is well documented. Much research was done on the cultural, political, religious, and even social impact of post-Tridentine Catholicism on the Ethiopian Christian Orthodox uh, Church and Kingdom. However, the theological controversy uh, and the literary sources still need to be properly attended to understand the interaction between these two Christian traditions. The present paper will deal with specific passages, a few only, from the book uh, written guest, and more specifically with the way that uh, he attempted to refute uh, Ethiopian religious texts that were written a few de decades later. The Jesuits developed an important project of translating a Catholic Reformation literature, literature to the Ethiopian language. It is well documented through different texts the Jesuits, that the Jesuits sought to export the Counter-Reformation to Ethiopia and create a greater unity and homogeneity in religious doctrine and practice throughout all the country. In 1622, Manuel Dalmeida was nominated as visitor to the Ethiopian mission and spent almost 10 years as a missionary living in Fremona, uh, which was during the time the main Jesuit uh, residence in Ethiopia. The Almeida is the author of an important book known as the Historia de Alta, the, the Historia de Alta, the Ethiopia o Alta o Abasia, in which he describes the, his personal experience in the country, its history, according to his view, and some oral communications and written sources, both in Portuguese and Guise, and guess. According to Manuel de Almeida's account, Francisco Antonio de Angeles and Luis de Acevedo, two Jesuit missionaries that managed to achieve proficiency in Guise, translated some Catholic exegetical works and more specifically, Jesuit works in the Guise language. With help from, the, from eminent and eloquent uh, Ethiopian Catholics, these two missionaries translated, for example, and you have the list here, uh, Francisco Rivera, another Jesuit from the 16th century, a uh, commentary on the epistle uh, to the Hebrews, or Francisco Toledo's on the Romans, or Viega's comment on the Apocalypse, and Malonado's books on the four Gospels, among others. None of these specific translations has survived in their original version. The Almeida maintains that the Ethiopians were surprised by the clarity of the commentaries provided by the Catholic interpreters, even on the most obscure passages in scripture. Antonio Fernandez Maxefta Setat uh, is the only book written by Jesuit missionaries to have survived in guess, as I said before. With the sole exception of the Maxefa Setat, all the works and translations written by the Jesuits were burned and destroyed uh, following their expulsion from Ethiopia in 1633 or 32. This was the end of the Jesuit uh, mission in Ethiopia. And Afonso Mendes, the 
famous Catholic uh, patriarch could not describe it more dramatically, and I'm quoting from his book. Oh, ungrateful and strange land, ingrate to God and strange to the Roman pontiff, his biker on earth, ingrate and strange to the king of Portugal, to its true patriarch, the bishop and to the fathers, you're not worthy of having our feet carry your dust. Hence, I shake it off. I leave everything I took from you. End of quote. We can feel the deep disappointment in Mendes' dramatic sermon in a very intensive manner. However, Mendes' grief is the other side of the Orthodox Church, a joy, and his failure is in some way their victory. Even though some of those works will now be really, but really helpful, trust me, to me and to my research, these books and documents were burned and I cannot go back in time and convince King Fasiladas to stop the burning. Uh, the Maxafacetat constitutes an interesting example of the controversy that arose between Ethiopian dignitaries and Jesuit missionaries over Christological issues and other theological and ritual manners, uh, matters. Despite its importance and singularity, this work has yet to receive due attention from other researchers. The work was revised by the Jesuit Luis de Acevedo and published in Goa in India in 1642, less than 10 years after the expulsion of the Jesuits from Ethiopia, more than 20 years after the uh, Sasanian's conversion to Catholicism and 42 years after Sereyakov was born, according to his own testimony. So let's talk a little bit about the Maskeva Aymanot. Uh, so according to the author, the aim of this work was to explain the unity of one divinity with the counting of three persons and the unity of, hum and the unity of humanity and divinity. The, this book consists of an introduction and eight chapters. It's a short book. The introduction reviews the first three ecumenical councils adopted by all the non-Calcedonian churches, including the Ethiopian church and the rejected fourth uh, council of Chalcedon. The author argues that he and his religious community believe in three persons and one divinity the father being the begetter of the son and the cause of the proceeding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh -uh. The son is begotten, but the Holy, but the Holy Spirit is preceded, just as the uh, Nicene Creed announced, but without the filioque clause. Mm. Nevertheless, the Jesuit missionaries that tried during the 16th and 17th centuries to impose the Catholic faith on the Ethiopian monarchy attempted to introduce the question of the filioque. They also tried to convince uh, the Ethiopian clergy by using theological arguments concerning the importance of including the filioque in the uh, Ethiopian creed. The Masgaba Aymanot summarized such a doctrinal question through the following sentence. Now we believe and said, oh, here, uh, as the apostles, I'm quoting from here, our fathers thought we believe above all in three persons and one divinity who are the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. The father generates the son and makes the Holy Spirit proceed from himself. I will not keep reading, but you can see here, that's their explanation. As a counterpart, the Maxafsa Sepat attempts through all its 64 chapters, it's a very long book, 
to refute the position of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church uh, from the Catholic point of view. Thus, most of the book deals with Christological and theological issues and the sacrament and the sacramental practices that were at the core of the Catholic and Ethiopian debate during these times. A considerable part of the work is dedicated to refuting the so-called monophysite Christology. Its first seven chapters reinforce the Catholic claim that the Holy Ghost also proceeds from the son, the Filioque, and not from the father. Uh, in this regard, the Maxel Facetat uh, dedicates many pages uh, to justify the relevance of the concept of the Filioque, like in the second chapter where they argue that in the Acts of the Apostles, you can see here, it is called the spirit of the son because it comes and proceeds from him. Furthermore, it was written and said that the spirit comes from the father and the son because the Holy Spirit lives in the father and the son. And in the sixth chapter, Fernandez adds, therefore the Holy Catholic Church faith uh, stated that there are three persons and the person of the father, it is not the person of the son and the person of the son, it is not the person of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit, it is not the person of the father and not the person of the son. Moreover, because within God, there are only three persons and one divinity, then this divine nature belongs to the three of them. So right from the beginning of the book, it becomes clear that uh, many chapters of the book were written with a specific purpose to refute the Ethiopian Christian literature and specifically this book, the Masgaba Aymanot, for the Jesuits in, in Ethiopia. It was a vital challenge to persuade through arguments uh, Ethiopian religious about the right Catholic faith in opposition to the heretical local Christian faith. It is known that many frontal debates were developed between religious men from one side and the other side uh, on, in daily life. Uh, in daily life, defending the right faith was vital for the Jesuits. As stated by Geronimo Nadal, a Spanish Jesuit uh, priest in the first generation of the companion of Ignatius de, of Loyola, the heretics relied on vain eloquence and human learning. Uh, but Jesuit cultivates simplicity in both. In its fourth session, the Council of Trent uh, was strange concerning the necessity of refraining from any wrong interpretation of the sacred text. Uh, the, the Council stated that clearly that the purity of the gospel purged all the, of all errors should be preserved in the church. Okay, so... I will jump to one point I wanted to, to explain and to, to show to you. Uh, that is the idea of the creation of the souls that we can see in the text. Uh, different views were maintained uh, on the origin of the individual soul throughout the development of Christian thought, such as creationism, traditionism, and reincarnation. By this period, the Catholic Church was attached to the doctrine that claims that God creates a new soul for each human being uh, during conception. The doctrine upheld by Jerome and Hillary, among others, was by far the most accepted view on the subject during the Middle Ages. The foremost medieval scholastics, St. Thomas Aquinas, also insisted upon it. Concerning uh, Aquinas, Fernandez quotes and employs his Summa Theologica in chapter three and five to justify his arguments. Fernandez might be considered the first author 
to quote Aquinas in Ghez, among other authoritative Latin or Western uh, figures not previously quoted in Ethiopian religious literature, such as San Augustine and San Bonaventura. Conversely, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church was attached to traditionism. This doctrine argues that the soul was transmitted along with the body by the parents. Um, however, it found little, if any, favor in the Catholic Church during the Middle Ages. Uh, for example, the fifth chapter of the second part of the Masgaba Haimanot presents the Catholic doctrine as perceived by the author only to reply immediately and argue for the Orthodox Ethiopian position. The following excerpt from this work illustrates their position against the Catholic doctrine. According to, as you can see here, what he said, the Catholic, it is not true that every human creator takes his soul from the soul of his father and mother, but on the fourth day from the new world birth, the Lord sends him a different soul from that of Adam. I will jump because I'm short of time. Following this brief introduction, the author of the Masgaba Emanot explains how all the souls come from Adam's soul and were transmitted from father to son. Moreover, he concluded that there is no other soul supporting the statement as follows. Now we say it is not true what he said that we, what, when God finished his creation, then came Saturday and he rest. To prove my point, my point, Moses said, and on the seventh day, uh, this is quoting from the, from the Old Testament, uh, God ended his work, which he, meant he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Fernandez dedicates a complete chapter of his treatise to the interpretation of Genesis 2.2. Apparently, there were important debates between Catholic and Jesuits, specifically on this passage, since its interpretation held both theological and uh, Christological consequence. Fernandez grounded his interpretation on the work of some early church fathers, such as Basil, Ambrose, and others, maintaining that he blessed the seventh day and sanctified because he rested from all his creation on this day. For this reason, the scriptures says God rested on the seventh day so that it will be holy. But this does not say that he has stopped creating forever. God created in that way what is evident and visible. This refutes the argument of those who wrongly believe that God rested from his creation and did not create anything else. And this is enough to convince those who wrongly said that, the God, that God does not create the rational souls of men because it is written in Genesis that God rested from the creation of his works. So in order to justify, I'm going to the conclusion, sorry. Uh, in order to justify his position, Fernandez gathers together several quotes from the Book of Wisdom and from the Old Testament, from Isaiah and Genesis, for example. Fernandez also relied on the Holy Church Fathers, such as uh, John Chrysostom, uh, of work, uh, Jerome, August Augustine, and Eucherion of Lyon, intended to strengthen his claim. The Maxefa's Etat is part of a significant number of texts that highlight the relevance of the theological debates among the Jesuits who arrived in Ethiopia. There was a permanent insistence on correcting the, the, the violent Christianity endorsed, endorsing the Catholic arguments through biblical and patristic sources. The details and specific topics that the missionary addressed, as in the examples we have noted above, show how essential it was for Jesuits like Antonio Fernandez to correct and reform local Christianity. The author tried to refute the errors of the doctrine by using the local, sacred, and liturgical language, yes, 
but at the same time, by adapting and introducing the Catholic doctrine, hopefully future research will employ these sources to understand, among other things, possible changes and adaptation of the Ethiopian biblical interpretation following the expulsion of the Jesuit mission. However, in the context of this conference, this paper may help to at least start getting a better idea of if it is possible that the Hatata Sarayakov is indeed the earliest autobiography from Sub-Saharan Africa and the region's first philosophical work that was acquired and sent by Justo Durbino to Anton Davadi and not written by him. Thank you very much.